You are listening to the Stronger Business Podcast. Please welcome speaker and podcaster, Mr. Andy McDowell, as he shares with us today some tips on how you can take business development tools and use them to improve your personal life. And with that, I will turn it over to our hosts, Josh Melton and Chad Brown. What is up, entrepreneurs and Stronger Business community? We are back this week with another episode of the Stronger Business Podcast. Our guest today coming to us from not too far away here in the state. Uh, we're uh, coming at it from a business and a life of overlap. I don't know about you, Josh, but there's not a whole lot of overlap in my life. It's way more business and way <laughs> less life. So we're going to learn about the tools and concepts that can help balance that out a little bit, help us find our why. Our guest today, he's working on a TEDx talk. He's working on a book. He's got years and years of experience in all sorts of different industries and countries and around the world of business. Um, I don't know much that I can say about his education, um, but we'll talk about that. Hey, man, <laughs> University of Georgia is very difficult to get into, man. Don't hold that against Andy. Well, I hear you. I hear you guys are uh, going after engineering too now. I know a couple of people that got into your engineering program. We, like, we feel like somebody in the states got to put out some sort of decent workforce development in the engineer field. So, oh, okay, the trade school to our west um, seemed to be not uh, not really producing the talent that we needed here. So we, we figured here in Athens we'd uh, we'd step up a little bit, try to supply the state with a little better workforce. Yeah, you know, have yeah, a little more so, have a little more social skills inside of the uh, the trade. I feel like it's leading to uh, service. Gotcha. That's what we're doing. <laughs> no, all jokes aside, uh, Georgia Tech grad, electrical engineering background, master's degrees, twenty two years with Boeing, entrepreneur generating value, uh, coach, author, speaker, podcast host, podcast host, Andy McDowell. Welcome to the podcast, man. Oh, great to be with uh, some fellow Georgians. That's that's kind of uncommon. Usually hopping on a podcast and somebody's in Cleveland or Toronto, Canada or L.A. or somewhere like that. It's kind of nice to have some some local yokels, right? Yeah, yeah, you can just relax and let that southern twang come out unashamedly. You know? No judgment. So if I know you guys were in Athens, I would have pulled out my bottle of bourbon. <laughs> so here's what I love about us in Georgia right now is it got like below 65 today and we're all like inside like with coats and bundled up like it, yeah we're recording for michigan or something oh chad had his mittens on earlier i tried to get him to stick his tongue to the flagpole outside he uh, wouldn't do it but uh yeah we're it's we're acting like it's freezing oh if it heats up in my car it's all on today the seats <laughs> the steering wheel the heater like, eh, I, I remember when i landed in atlanta from uh new jersey where i grew up uh, at Georgia Tech in my freshman year and walk around and it would be like, uh, what, October, late October and the lows were starting to get down around 55 or so. And you could always tell the Floridians because they, they, they would already be <laughs> long pants and all bundled up in the winter <laughs> Columbia yeah. jackets and whatnot, you know, it, 55 degrees and like uh okay are you from miami or tampa <laughs> yeah they're starting to struggle a little a little earlier than they should exactly man. that's exactly right well man as we dive into this thing i am extremely interested in knowing 
how you went from electrical engineering and being in the Boeing aeronautic side of things mm -hmm. in the business realm and generating life and work and tools and value balance. Like how did all this come about for you? Uh, well, it's been a journey. It didn't happen overnight. Somebody flipped a switch. Um, was there like a light bulb moment? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no light bulb some... moment. That's uh, like a black, a bad what, what, what my, and you're like, I'm favorite, done with this. <laughs> one of my favorite things that I did at, at Boeing, uh, was to be a, a mentor to people, whether they were on my team or somebody else within Boeing. And it truly is what got me, uh, out of bed in the morning and get excited outside of aviation, of course, but um, was to mentor people. So my end goal was to do 30 years at Boeing and do what I'm doing today on a part-time basis, just to keep my feet wet in something. Uh, but then uh, we unfortunately had two accidents in the world, 737 MAX accidents that caused, um, uh, I don't think you can say heartburn, something a lot greater than heartburn for the Boeing company and laid off thousands of people. And I was one of those thousands uh, that got laid off. So I had, had to slightly pivot, say, okay, I'm going to go do this full time to finish out my you know major work life and go make a difference in people's lives that are in the small business community that could probably use uh, uh or, or get some value out of the use of my experience uh, in the corporate world, like you said, traveling around the world, helping governments um, with their flight and ground operations. But I, I learned a lot about business because I had to be an entrepreneur within a giant corporation. I got tasked to build a, the consulting practice that I was in from scratch. Um, so just like entrepreneurs, I had to go within this behemoth of a company, Boeing, and go find resources to help me with marketing and finance and operations and everything else that an entrepreneur does. Just that I had like a big Amazon that I could pull from to go get those resources. Uh, but at the end of the day, I was responsible for that business, just like a business owner is. All right, Andy, I got to ask you a couple clarifying questions here. And yeah. honestly, too, I think that this conversation is so timely because of recent years, you know, outside of, we had the COVID experience, which was crazy for, for everybody. Right. Mm -hmm. And it kind of reset the job market in an interesting kind of way. But the last couple of years, you know, kind of post COVID, nobody's been thinking about job loss really, unless they recently, or unless they work at Twitter recently or some of the social mm -hmm. media giants, but you know, it's been more of this thing where it's like, Oh my gosh, it's never been easier to like get a job. So to speak right now. And I think we're about to maybe hit some times where that changes a little bit. So I want to ask you a couple of questions about your journey. Had you already launched a side business doing some consulting when you were still working with Boeing or when you left Boeing that at that point in time, you say, all right, I got to do this outside of the company. Well, the piece that I was doing while I was still within Boeing was um, writing a blog on on life and business issues just to put some value out into the world so i literally would be working from home and i had my workstation on the right hand side and my personal and at lunchtime i would just zip my chair over to the personal side i have some kind of idea that hit me in the head in the morning hours and spend 23 minutes while i'm eating my lunch you know knock out a blog post and then zip back over to the other and get back to my 
to my Boeing world. So that's what I was doing while I was still in Boeing. But for the most part, you know, answer your answer your question was no. I just um, flipped a switch, right? Mm-hmm. Got my severance package, invested that in the uh, in a business to launch myself. And little did I know, you know, the running joke is why would a business coach launch a new business five months before a pandemic? <laughs> that makes no sense. <laughs> Particularly for a Georgia Tech grad. But, me, you yeah. know, but we but we have no no crystal ball, you know, yeah. we have no idea of pandemic. You guys are supposed to be yeah, uber logical over at GT. So yeah. for you then, so you started doing the consulting business in late 2019. Yeah, September I launched. I, uh, I got laid off in in the June, spent the summer, you know, doing all those back office things like getting your license and getting the website built and all those type mm-hmm. things and then launched in September. I, I love the how you when you pivoted and when you found yourself in a position that or or you had to, to rethink things a little bit, you didn't go into something completely foreign or completely random. You took something a skill set you had built and learned over mm-hmm. 20 years of experience with bowling and leveraged that into kind of your next phase of life and entrepreneurship and journey in the business world. And I think that's that's extremely valuable and for a lot of people finding themselves in a job that they they're not happy with or or finding themselves in a position where they may be forced to pivot don't throw away what you spent the last 20 years Mm -hmm. building those skills you have Mm -hmm. because they're so freaking valuable especially when they're inside of an organization or a corporation that's and it's invested so much into the training and development of of their employees well, the example, the pivot example I love to use uh, during COVID was there was a pizza shop somewhere in New York City. I want to say Brooklyn, but I may be wrong. That was losing money like crazy because nobody was allowed to go outside practically. You know, they couldn't sell any pizzas and they couldn't even deliver them. Nobody come to the door, right? So they took a look around and said, okay, what assets do we have? Where, where do we have some strengths? that we could leverage to pivot the business while this is going on, hoping and fingers crossed that some, at some point we get to back to make a pizza, the business we truly love. So I said, Oh, we got ovens. What could we do with the ovens? And so they developed a process using plastic and made PPE <laughs> using their pizza ovens. Think about that. Something that's in high demand because of COVID and he pivoted using an asset, you know, this box that makes heat and figured out a way to shape up some uh, PPE that was desperately needed uh, by people during the COVID. I mean, I just uh, absolutely love that. Um, that story. Yeah. It, it, it hits it square in the head. I love how you said yeah, they looked around at what assets they had. When you're yeah. when you're thinking about pivoting in business or starting a business, like assets, not ideas. That's what you should be looking at. What skills? What assets? What do you have that can can provide value with? Not what ideas can you think of or what ideas come to you that you're going to go out and pursue. That's 
Yeah, they'd already spent the money. They already had it as as an asset. It was in like it's not like well we got to go down run down to the store, the True Value Hardware Store, and go get ourselves a pizza oven to do this. They already had it, so it didn't cost them any more money than the plastic. That's awesome, man. So it, all right, one of the things we said on the front part of the episode. And I, I love this because entrepreneur, we're talking about logic and emotion and stuff too, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, entrepreneurs are so focused on their businesses that I think that we can kind of use logic to confuse the emotions here for a second for guys like me and Chad specifically. That when you say, hey, let's use some business tools and business strategies, not to make your business better, but to make your mm-hmm. actual life better. We kind of forget that the whole point of the business is supposed to be to help us lead better lives, make our lives a little bit better. But we're using these business tools and strategies that we've learned to, again, incorporate into our enterprise to make us mm-hmm. more successful in our careers and our businesses. Well, a lot of these tools that we're using for that, we could apply to our personal lives to help us become better dads and husbands and leaders, absolutely and community leaders. Yeah. And so let's dive into that. And again, tricking entrepreneurs, like you said earlier, off the off the air, like using a SWOT analysis. I'm like, that's a business term. I don't know what a SWOT analysis mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Andy, I've never once thought about running a SWOT analysis on me, right? Like I just never thought about it, but the idea makes sense. And that's something that you teach and coach on. So Mm -hmm. let's dive into that and dig a little deeper here. What are some of the tools and concepts that you've utilized and that you've in your own life, but also coached others that we've seen incremental and, you know, more immediate significant life improvement from implementing those types of strategies? Uh, so to give uh, get vulnerable for a minute, um, in in high school, college, in my Georgia Tech days, in um, early twenties, I had really bad self esteem, and that was the baggage that I brought into marriage number one. And I, I came out of the divorce uh, with that marriage, saying, "I don't like this life." What I need to do something. This is not an outcome that I wanted. This is not the life that I wanted for myself. So what am I going to do about that? So I was always on the lookout for um, some kind of strategy, some kind of structure, formula, you know, anything that would help me uh, develop a, a life strategy for myself to get myself out of this ditch I had created for myself. And um start living a life that brings joy and happiness and success for me. And uh, I got to thinking over the years, uh, we were talking about this in the green room a little bit before we hit the record button. Businesses are created uh, to service the wants, needs, and desires of the world, whether that be other businesses or people. Um, And so, companies try to figure out a strategy for themselves to address some of those needs, wants, and desires. And we as human beings have our own needs, wants, and desires. I mean, look at Maslow's hierarchy and, you know, all kinds of psychology and studies have been done, done on it. So I don't think it's too much of a leap to say then that we as human beings can look at the business world as a structure or a system, you know, put what term you want on it that we could look to to help us uh, find ways of addressing our wants, needs, and desires in our life. 
So the example you were given SWOT analysis. And for those that don't know, SWOT stands for strength, weakness, opportunity, threat. Uh, and it's a tool to be used to understand where, where you think your company sits in the marketplace currently at this time that we're working on this tool. And it's a starting point, right, from which we're going to develop a strategy for the business to get us to where we want to go. Um, now, if we wanted to take that kind of tool and apply it to life, let's take um, the word opportunity and change it to the word love and take the word threat and change it to the word fear. Where we have opportunities in life is where our loves are, right? Where our passions are, those things that make us smile every day and we have joy and happiness in our life. Threats in the business world are areas where uh, disruption could come. And it might be in a supply chain, it might be with our end consumers, it might be uh, a, a new entrant into the industry that we didn't know was coming in that's bringing a new product that's going to knock us off our shelf, so to speak. And we're trying to anticipate where, where those threats are that's going to be a disruption or a holdback on our business. Well, in life, where is that? What holds us back? What disrupts our potential of having a life of joy, happiness, and success? And that's our fears. So now you have an opportunity, uh, you know, and I do this between Christmas and New Year's every, every year for myself and pull out that rectangle, put it in the four rectangles, label one strength, weakness, love, and fear. And Hopefully you'll be honest with yourself. <laughs> that's, that's hard for some folks, but we're gonna be honest with ourselves and start filling out that box about where's our strengths, where's our weaknesses as a human being, uh, where our loves in our life, either known or unknown. You know, maybe you want to go try a new sport or a new hobby or something that's going to bring joy and happiness to your life. So you may already be doing things to do that. You maybe want to go try some things to see if, it, if they would have that as an end result. And then your fears, what stops you? Shame, judgment, comparison, um, not worthy. And that gives you that gives you a good idea of where you are sitting in life at the moment. When you're talking about how these things overlap, you know, in the personal side and using some of the business tools on the personal mm -hmm. side, I'm curious. You've been an employee for 20 something years and you've been on the business owner side of things. Is this is the neglect on the life side? more exclusive to the entrepreneur business owner, or is it just as prevalent on the employee side? Is this, is this relevant content to it's everywhere? It's everywhere. Yeah, I can, I can see where, especially on the business side, where we spend a lot of time putting out fires or dealing with things that's easy to lose sight of what's important or easy to just not 
deal, you're so busy dealing with everything else when you get home or you have days off or you have weekends, you're just like, and I'm just like, I need to decompress. I'm going to engage in a vice or a hobby, whatever it is, usually mm-hmm. it's a neck. And man, so many people are successful at work and, and in their careers or, or as an employee that have somewhat of a train wreck of a history on the personal side. And so this is this is extremely relevant content. It sounds like for the employee and the business owner. Yeah. So it, to to once again borrow two business terms, strategy and tactics, right? A lot of people get stuck in the tactics of life. Got to get the kids to school. Got to get them to the soccer game after school. Uh, Got to get the yard mode on Saturday because we're hosting a party at our place in in late afternoon, early evening. You know those those tasks. You know that you commonly associate with the bottom half of a company where you're working on all the processes and tasks that sort of makes that company run right from that perspective and and don't spend enough time on the strategy of our life to work on our business or work on our life instead of working in our life or working in our business. And that's where entrepreneurs get stuck all the time, right? One of my favorite topics with my clients is about, are, are you working on your business or in your business? For you're in your business, you're, you're, you're at the front desk of the cleaning shop, you know, handling all the customers. You might spend a little bit of time with the books at the end of the day or something of that nature, but you're not really taking the time to be introspective and say, where do I want to take this business? What is my dream for it? And where's that brain energy that's working on the ideas to get it there? Yeah, that, that makes sense. I know in personal life, like when's the last time you heard people talk about in their personal life? Hey, here's my one-year plan. Here's my three-year plan. Here's my mm-hmm. plan. And I think this is the timing of this is really cool from a podcasting standpoint because we're we're nearing the end of 2022, getting ready to start 2023. And what mm-hmm. better time, like you said, take take the week between Christmas and New Year. Most businesses are idle at that point anyway reflect on the personal side and I love how you make these boxes, you know, strength, weakness, love, and fear. And and then once you once you start kind of building those boxes and writing down your strengths, your weaknesses, your loves, your fears, what do you do from there? How do you turn that into actionable steps or turn that into some sort of roadmap for the personal side as you go into 2023? Well, just like on the business side, the SWOT analysis is used to help build a business plan, whether it be a yearly business plan or a five-year business plan. Now you have an opportunity to make a life plan, right? Okay, so this is where I'm sitting at, point A, so to speak, and in five years, I want to be at point B. Okay, what's your plan? What what activities are you going to do? What skills do you need to learn? Uh, do you need to go to therapy? (laughs) (laughs) You know what? What is it you you need to to work on in your life to get you to wherever you want to go, whatever you deem success to be for yourself? 
what things do you need to do? And that's going to be the, the, the makeup of your plan, right? And so when you're finished, you should be able to lay your plan on the table here on your right and your SWOT analysis on the left and sort of draw lines from your dots in those various boxes and, and draw lines over to connect. Okay, here, this task or this item here on my plan addresses this dot, this dot, and this dot, right? And that's when you know that you've written a good plan when you can sort of connect all those dots between what you did on the, on the SWLF tool uh, to the business plan. All right, Andy, I'm gonna put you on speakerphone tonight when I go home, unless yeah. you're present when I tell my wife, hey, honey, we're going to create an accountability chart, and on Tuesday nights, we're going to have level 10 meetings. And you also say <laughs> to your wife, hey, Lauren, by the way, I need to do a SWOT analysis on you. So let's start tonight yeah. with weaknesses. So, Andy, I got to say to you as well, one of the things I've noticed in my own leadership, just self-leadership, right, mm -hmm. with myself, but also with my team, is trying to figure out, you know, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? Me and Chad did an exercise not too long ago. I was helping him walk through this and he didn't understand like the S and the W. And so Chad thought like everything was, a, was a strength. Everything, everything about him went into to the strength category mm -hmm. and there was nothing in the weakness box. He was self, self-assessing. He had on the strength, you know, in the strengths well, box, that's, that's he had like best hair in podcasting is what he had on there. Yeah. Having weaknesses. Like I feel like it's the only, late. that was the only weakness he could come up with is that he didn't have any weaknesses. It's like, what do you have any love? weaknesses? He's like me, my wife, my animals, he's got like 4,000 animals there. Mm -hmm. I always get to do that. No, I'm making fun of Chad, but the reality of the situation is that a lot of times we don't, we, in our personal lives specifically, we may not understand our own personal strengths and weaknesses. You know, sometimes maybe they fall yep. the blind spot. Maybe sometimes yep. there's just a, you said before, like, you know, they had some insecurities and whatnot. Sometimes our insecurities would keep us from seeing what we're strong at, or maybe it's keeping us from seeing or admitting something we're weak at. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to dealing with doing a SWOT analysis in our personal lives, again, this is for Chad's wife's sake. Cause if he goes home and tries to do a SWOT analysis with Lauren tonight, it's going to be bad news for him. Uh, but no, what do we, what do we need to do? What kind of tools can we incorporate to discover those strengths and weaknesses for us as people? Well, I think you sort of hit on it. Um, you can you can take a hack at it yourself, but it's it's always helpful to go ask those that can be mirrors for you, right? Whether it be a spouse or good friends or a pastor or or people that you really trust in your life to see if you have any blind spots. You know, one of, one of the workshops I offer, uh, and it's the only one I offer to non-business owners as well, is it helps them to find uh, find their why in life. And it starts before we even get into the room and start working on it. It starts with, I, se I send them um, a set of questions that they can use to send to those that they trust to get answers back before they walk into the room and take the workshop so that they have some mirrors that they can use as inputs as they're developing um, the end product out of the workshop. Man, I tell you, it, it seems like you all, we almost need to invert 
the acronym because fear is almost got to be number one. You got to overcome your fear of mm-hmm. addressing your weaknesses, uh-huh. of getting feedback, of really being honest about this thing, or yep. even the fear of like so many people have a fear, such a fear of failure. They're not setting these personal goals and they're not willing to admit what they want in three years or five years. They're afraid of change. Yeah, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're afraid the change of doing it or the fear of not achieving it. And, and maybe from that standpoint, it's easier for us business owners because we fail all the time. We get kicked in the teeth all the time. So mm-hmm. that that side may be an e- easier piece of it than, than people that aren't in the journey well, and they may they may actually have a fear of getting what they want oh all right yeah so yeah. dig deeper there andy what what do you mean by that because that's i think well that's where say, why would i fear getting, that, getting what i want well i mean that's where the the self-worth self-esteem things come into play right uh i want this but i'm, I'm afraid to get it because i won't know what to do with it or i'm, I'm not worthy of it i'll never get it why should I even put that on, on the chart? I'll never get that. I'm not worthy of that. Nobody would ever do that for me. Yada, you know, kind of comments. And, and, and so it's, it's both sides of the coin. There's fear of not getting it, being rejected. You know, us, us guys all know about rejection, right? From the dating world back in the day. Know a lot about that. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly knew about it. Yeah. Figure out if you drink a lot before you get rejected, it's not as bad. So not as bad. Or it has a rejection problem or, or a delays it. Problem. <laughs> delays it till the hangover's done. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. Uh, I don't know if y'all experienced that uh, at Tech, but I got a lot of experience in that area here in Athens, uh, my college days. Well, I don't know of, a, of an organization called rejected anonymous so i think it's you know probably led to the drinking issue but no i i'm i didn't start drinking because i was going on a lot of dates <laughs> oh you're drinking alone huh chad um i think you know andy you're saying that i i think for me you know if i'm being vulnerable what i'd say is that sometimes it's not the failure that i'm afraid of as far as in chasing something or trying to obtain something that i want it's mm-hmm. to be seen as the failure. It's for like somebody to see me not get it. And that's like, you know, does it make sense? So it's more about yep. an insecurity of me, a self-image thing about not being seen as a failure more so than mm-hmm. it is actually failing. Failing. This is like something I'm going after is, you know, somewhat of a, it's a shadow I'm chasing sometimes. And that shadow is, it messes with me. It keeps me from really going after something because reality is like, hey, you want this and this is something that you want, but maybe you don't chase it like you want to chase it. Not because you don't think that you can hit it, because you're more concerned about what other people will think of you if you don't hit it. And it holds you back sometimes. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a fear. It's a threat. Well, I think we need to start a campaign to try and get the world to see that um, it's not really a failure to you quit. Maybe we need to change the words, or let's eliminate the word failure and just stick with the word quit. You're a quitter, not a failure. Hmm. Yeah, uh, failure. Failure just means you 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 created a an opportunity of a lesson for yourself. Try try and put a positive spin on it to say, I tried. You know, 
did you did you go up to those people and ask, did you try? You know, your your opinion only means something to me if you tried. Because then you know the experience that I went through. And then if you if you did try and I tried and we both were not successful, let's use that phrase instead of a failure. We weren't successful. Okay. What did we learn from it? And how can we, you know, do version 2.0 and try and have that reach the goals that we were looking for? You know, that's that's all the the mind the mindset issues. So diving into the framework, Andy, of like actually, because again, I, I never thought about doing a SWOT analysis just on my own, you know, self, my own life, my own vision. Mm -hmm. But can we draw the context for that a little bit from the standpoint? Sure. If you're coaching, you're teaching someone to go implement this business tactic tactic into their lives for their personal benefit, what type of setting do they need to have in regards to this? Chad, you know, jokingly mentioned earlier, I'm going home and talking to my wife about the SWAT right now. Mm -hmm. But what is if you were gonna say, Josh, Chad. What you, what you guys go do the SWOT analysis. What do we need to bring to the table with that? I've never done anything like this before. Yeah. Like, Starting from scratch. Blank canvas. What's, it need, what's that session need to look like for us? How long should we be focused on doing this? Is this, am I doing it at Starbucks, you know, with 20 people around me or do I need to get, you know, rent a cabin in the mountains for a weekend? Uh, it, it, it depends on the person. So where, where are you comfortable? Where do you feel safe? You want to go rent a log cabin up in the mountains for a day and do it, or you're okay with just going up to a bedroom upstairs and shut the door for a couple hours. It's really about where, where are you comfortable? Where do you feel safe that you can be vulnerable and introspective with yourself and be honest uh, with yourself to, to do it? I mean, you only need a piece of paper and a pencil to do the exercise and bulk of the work is here in the heart, uh, a little bit with the brain and, and being honest with yourself. And generally what I do with clients is to uh, let them take a first stab at it on their own, you know, have a small session to talk about the structure and the exercise, go home, find yourself in a mostly safe place. Um, and take your first stab at it, then you and I can get in the room. We can talk through it. I might have some insights that from our conversation that lead to you putting uh, changing bullets or adding bullets or taking away bullets or whatever it may be. So on the other side of the exercise, should you go and talk to someone else about it? Hey, this is, I did yeah. this exercise. This is what I got. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah. What are your thoughts? But what, what are your what are your thoughts? What are your opinions? And once again, you need to feel safe with them, right? You need to feel like you have enough trust in the relationship that they got your back. They want the best for you, uh, and they're going to be honest with you. So I feel like this is very common amongst people in general in everyday busy life. I know it was for me. This was kind of a barrier I had to break down. Um, which has caused some drastic, rapid changes in my life over the last year and a half. Of like, my immediate response would be on the personal side. I don't know what I want. Like, like it, it seems most people feel like they don't know what they want from a personal goal from in five mm. years personal side and their personal life. It's a little easier in business. I can always 
tie it to a revenue or a number of customers or a number of offices or I want to have 15 employees. It, it seems a lot more complicated on the personal side. So how do you help people peel back what they truly want when they, in their minds, is some sort of reflection or sabotage technique? Like, I don't know what I want. So I just show up and try to survive every day. Mm-hmm. So it really, really boils down to, and once again, it's a mindset to say, this is going to be a living document that's going to change as you go down your life journey, right? And we all have seasons of life um, where things and circumstances change. So don't go into it with with the mindset or thought that I got to get this right. You know, I got two hours to put this thing together and I've got to get it right because it won't ever change. Right. So a lot of those that don't know what they want out of life, it's a lot of experimentation. Right. So what do you what what do you look from the outside and say to yourself, oh, that looks like that might be fun. Put it in the box. Put it in your plan for the next year to go try it. And you're either going to decide, oh, that was great. That was awesome. I want to do more of this or, nah, not my cup of tea. All right, scratch it off the list. What's next? You know, I mean, that's that's what happens a lot in teenagehood and in the 20s is that we're discovering things about ourselves, right? We go try things. And, and see if it's, if it's, um, activities or events or relationships that we enjoy. Yeah, I think that's really cool that we start out trying those things and discovering those things. That's a really great way to put it, but some really lose sight of it because it's taught at such a young age to us when I look at sports. Like, oh, let's let's go try baseball, see if we like that, or let's go try mm-hmm. football. Knowing we are going to have some failures. We're not going to be good at certain positions. We're going to lose some games. We're, we're, we may not even win a single game all year. I may suck at it, but I'm willing to try it. Right. But you know what? If I can win more than I lose, or if I can just hit the ball 30% of the time and, and fail 70% of the time, like all that's taught to us for a lot of us growing up in sports at a young age. But you don't worry about, oh, my God. What am I going to do when I win the championship? What are people going to think about me? Like, mm-hmm. or, or what am I going to do with the trophy? Like, you just want to like go have fun and try stuff and discover and win at life with other people. But somewhere, somewhere that all like falls apart. I got to tell you, Chad, how do we lose that? I really feel like you need to like step back in time to that part of your life. Go sign up for like a tennis league <laughs> right now. I mean, I will come to every match you have. And we'll just we'll see if that should stay in the box or not. Mm-hmm. Men's forty yes. men's forty plus yes. tennis league is, is out, brother. Pickleball now. Well, pickleball, I can do pickleball. Mm-hmm. But you know, for you, man, like get headband with that great hair you have. You breezy and they're falling. You know, Athens, Georgia, be great for you. All right, Andy, and I love this SWOT analysis and this idea for doing this in our personal lives. What other business tactics and strategies do you teach people to implement? into the personal lives that we may be aware of. Because again, I, I think, of, you know, for the first part of this episode, I know a lot of entrepreneurs and business people could say, oh, okay, like I could see how I could utilize that SWOT analysis mm-hmm. and, and do that personally. But what are some of the other like tips and tricks and, and tools that you've used in business that you encourage people to use in their personal lives? 
Well, I have a, um, the guts of it is, is a three, three-step program, right? We do the SWLF, and then we sit down and do a life plan connecting those dots. Uh, and then the, the third step is to apply program management. Program management is uh, sort of a step higher than project management. So in, in the Boeing world, uh, an individual airplane like the 747 was a program. And program management is used when you have to um, do something that's very complex, right? 747 has millions of parts that all have to get connected and work together to get the airplane airborne. And that's just from a design perspective, right? So there, there's a lot of steps to a successful 747 program. You gotta be able to sell it. You gotta be able to train your customers on it. You gotta flight test it. Then you gotta get it certified by the FAA before they'll let you put passengers on it. It's a lot of steps to it. Um, and so program management, uh, you know, the analogy I use is how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time, right? So pro program management allows you to take that elephant and break it down into small pieces, looking at all the, all the things you have to do to put together to end up with the result of a successful 747 program. Well, if we apply that to life, you know, on, on the airplane side, you'd have a, uh, a design team, um, uh, assembly team, a flight test team, a certification team. Each team is, is delivering a piece or pieces of the elephant, right? So you can take that concept of life to say, okay, how, how can I break my life down? If the, the, the goal of a 747 program is to sell a lot of 747s to make a bunch of money. Uh, our goal over on the life side is joy, happiness, and success for ourselves. And so we're going to break it down into different teams. We're going to have the, uh, the, the marriage team. We're going to have the kids team. We're going to have the church team. We're going to have the baseball team. If we play baseball, you see where I'm getting at? We're taking our lives and breaking it down into bits and pieces. And then looking at our life plan, do I have, A, do I have all the right teams to execute on this plan? If not, then I've got to go start a team. Like if you want to get into the dating world and find a wife to have a marriage team, then that's where you're going to concentrate on is on the, hopefully on the dating side and doing what you need to do for yourself to make yourself attractive to the opposite sex. And so each, each of these teams, so to speak, is going to deliver some piece of the joy, happiness, success, uh, and result that you're looking for out of this program, this program called life. And so it's, it's a three-step process. Where are we at? What's the plan to get us to point B that we want to be at? 
And then here's the teams, teams in quotes, that we're putting together. It's really our focus areas for our life, right? Our focus areas that we need to focus on to have this end deliverable of living every day with joy, happiness, and success in it. Yeah, I think when you start thinking about it in those terms, it's really cool to see the overlap and kind of see, okay, in my business, I've got sales, I've got HR, I've got finance, um, I've got operations. These are my buckets. I got to have all four or five of these or my business is not going to be successful. It's mm -hmm. not going to be uh, some sustainable, long-term, profitable business. And kind of same thing in your life, joy, happiness, and success. These are the buckets I need. I got to have HR, which is probably my marriage and my kids. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I got to have the financial component. I got to have the operations component of running the household and who's doing what. And all. So it, it it really is uh, a way to mirror a lot of stuff. We've spent a lot of money and a lot of time, read a lot of books on, on the business side that we're just not even thinking about applying on the personal side of things. And God, the only reason we're in business is to be more successful on the personal side. And it's it, talk about a light bulb moment. It, yeah. it starts to click pretty fast. It's like, Damn, well, well, think about think about this, Chad. Um, if you could teach these tools we just laid out from business to a teenager or in a business school at a university or somewhere in early adulthood, focused on your life and you worked on self-leadership. That's what this whole program is about is self-leadership, right? And you teach that to young adults. Then they decide they want to be an entrepreneur. And they already got exposure to these tools because they use them to work on your life. To do the business side should be very easy or a no-brainer because you've already had exposure and used these tools on your own life. Oh, you want to do a business? Well, here's the minor tweaks to move mm. from life to business. And you're already... 80% down the road compared to the guy that's right behind you with the same idea. Oh, that's that's great. That is fantastic. For us old dogs, we're trying to be like, oh, man, I know a lot about this stuff in business. Let me apply it to life. But, yeah, you you reverse that at a young age and you teach it about life. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Business is easy. It's just like life. Well, and, too, as you're talking, Andy, and talking about the, you know, the program management piece and the teams and the teams working together, I saw in my head an organizational flowchart mm -hmm. and the different areas and and how people play a role in those things. And I've never thought about that in a personal life standpoint, but if you have, you know, if, if faith is a major component of your life for your life success, then it's like, mm -hmm. all right, well, who's on your faith team? Who's helping yeah. you execute what you want to execute in that area of your life? And what you want out of your faith. Yeah, exactly right. Right. So what's yeah. the objective? Where are you trying to go with your life? Cause you, cause you, again, before you start drawing circles and putting names in it of who can help you get to where you want to go, you got to have that life plan, which, which is going to have a vision component to it. This is where mm -hmm. we want to go. This is how we think we need to get there. What's the what's the infrastructure look like? Who's going to help us? I love that. I, I think about recently, and I had a couple of years. Chad's been very consistent with his fitness life over the last three years. He, the dude's worked out like a thousand, probably close to eleven hundred days in a row. It's crazy. I have thousand thirty four. Thousand thirty four as of this moment right now. Uh, have you worked out today? Yeah, thousand thirty-four count. That's just why his hair looks so good. That's why, man. It's just getting all yeah. that, all that wind. Yeah. Um, but no, you know, one of the things I realized recently is like my fitness team 
Like the way I'm trying to operate my fitness department hasn't worked for me the way I want it to. It's not, it's not going to get me to where I want to go. And so I have to alter that, that part, that department, that team has to change. And I know what I need to do. And I like made a connection and I'm like, I gotta have, I gotta have a coach in this area that, that helps me, um, you know, gain in knowledge, not be feared of, not fear of failure. I just recognized there was a gap there and I wasn't getting the results that I wanted because I didn't have the right team in place. And being able to build that team out, again, almost like an organizational flowchart, this puts something together for me when it comes to that, with being able to take that same type of idea and look for the other areas of my life and say, who can help me get to where I need to go and run, the, run successful programs and teams to take my life to the next level. So I love that idea, man. I like, actually, I really... I like this analogy or the the plan that you've drawn out. Hey, there's three steps to this, to where we're taking business ideas, implementing it in life, and then being able to move toward what we want. I got three kids. I've never thought about teaching this type of idea to them that would equip them from entrepreneurship. I've thought about, let me teach my kids entrepreneurship mentality, business owner mindset, but never mm-hmm. business owner mindset, personal responsibility mindset for how to run their personal lives with any type of business sense. So absolutely love that idea, man. Thank this, you for sharing that. That's good. Like the Mr. Miyagi of business is like, oh, I don't know if you got to paint the fence. <laughs> paint the fence. And, and like, oh, my God, I know life in business. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that is so good. All right, Andy, as I said, we always on these episodes, and this fits with you perfectly. Always. We always get an opportunity to do what, Chad? Land the plane. So land the plane. And we like to land the plane with our guests with our max out moment. It's called the Stronger Business Podcast for a reason. We're here to get stronger. And test of strength is the max out moments to see what can make you stronger. So if our audience, our listener could only remember one thing from today's episode, what would the max out moment from Andy McDowell be? So is this supposed to be something that hasn't been said or something that has been said? Man, there are no rules to this, Andy. Other oh, than no rules. Be, you could okay. be repeating yourself or saying something brand right. new. It's just, right. what do you want them to take away from the conversation with, with remember, this is what Andy told me to succeed. Mm. That's right. Just like in your previous employment, landing this plane is the important part. Yeah. <laughs> How you landed is up to you, but we got to get this so, I've answered these this type question before in other podcasts, but it was usually after a conversation where love and fear was not talked about, and that's the mm-hmm. one that I use. But one that we haven't talked about on, the, on this conversation is about, um, I mean, we touched on mindset a little bit, but ask yourself the question, do you feel like you're the CEO of your life? Do you have ownership of your life? Um. But what is what does a CEO do? You know, we'll keep on this business life theme here. Uh, CEO has an idea and some resources, um, usually in the form of cash, uh, maybe a physical asset or something that nature's got a building or something might be in the mix too. But has to take those resources and turn them turn it into a business, right? Do, do I have the right people on board doing the right tasks and processes? It's going to end up uh, having uh, an end product or service. If you're the CEO of your life, you know, your, your biggest resource or asset that you have is time. I mean, hopefully you've got some money in the bank too. Um, but 
how are you thinking about your life? Do you think of it that way? Hey, I'm the CEO of my life. And what kind of mindset do I have? Do I have the mindset of I'm in, in a rubber dinghy with an oar? And I'm in the ocean, you know, if you have a, a fixed or slash victim kind of mindset, you're in a rubber dinghy with an oar and the waves are just pushing me around. I'm just going with the flow. Wherever life pushes me, that's where I go. Or am I being intentional? Am I being introspective in my life? In which case I have a motorboat that has a rudder and an engine. And I'm going to fill up that, that tank uh, from a smaller tank that's got the word love written on it. And I'm going to pour love into my, into my tank to fuel my engine. And then I'm going to use my rudder to point it in the direction I want for my life. And it may take me to Rome, may take me to Venice, Naples, if I'm in the Mediterranean. Uh, it doesn't matter because uh, I have, still have a rudder. So I may get halfway to Rome and find out some information about Naples and go, no, I want to go to Naples. All right, turn the rudder 15 degrees and I'm going to get to Naples because of the mindset that I have that enables me to lead my life as if I had a motorboat and in a directional ability in my life to get to where I want to be. That's going to bring joy, happiness, and success to my life. I love it. That's such a that's, great question. That's where you got to start. That's mm -hmm. your starting point before you even start using these tools that we talked about or anything, you got to have that mindset first. Can you get yourself there with that mindset? And if you can get, get yourself wrapped around that idea and concept, then you can start pulling these tools off the shelf uh, and go into the flight deck of the motorboat and start laying out your plan, right? Pull out the charts, do your navigation, which is your life plan, and go after it. Man, that is such a good question. Such good advice. Chad, you are the CEO of your life, buddy. Just wanted to make mm -hmm. sure you knew that. Yeah, I got this. <laughs> I like it, man. This is this is awesome content, completely different than anything uh, we've ever done on this podcast before, of really spending the entire episode around more of the personal side than the professional side. I love it. I think this is going to make a difference in so many people's lives and this content that everybody in our audience and our listeners can take advantage of. And so just appreciate your time. And where can people find you? How can they connect? How can they find out more? How can they follow you uh, on social? Uh, on the internet, www.generateyourvalue.com. Um, my, my podcast, which is called Generate Your Value, which I do with a co-host. And uh, in the fall on Saturdays, you'll find me at the SIGEP house on the Georgia Tech campus rooting on my jackets. Somebody, that's somewhere none of our listeners will find them there. Anybody's ever gave inside of their physical I'll tell you where I'll physically be. This is awesome. Oh, that is so awesome. Andy McDowell, thank you so much, my friend, for being on the Stronger Business Podcast. We appreciate your time. I appreciate the invite. And uh, thank you, gentlemen, for generating your value in this world. 
All right, guys, until next time, grow stronger, and we will see you at the summit. If you enjoyed this episode of the Stronger Business Podcast, be sure to leave us a review and share it with a friend. You can find us online to connect at strongerbusiness.com or on Instagram and Facebook at Stronger Business. We look forward to hearing from you and we'll see you at the summit.